Logos, the constant written word of God. Through the written word, we can learn about God and know his ways, his salvation, and his plan for mankind. Welcome to the Logos podcast, heart of God, mind of Christ. We combine a thorough study of history with godly revelation to help believers grow in their walk with the Lord, as well as offer compelling material that can't be ignored. I now give you the host of Logos, the Hellenic historian, the Spartan, Andy. Hello, Podcastia. Just kidding. Hello, Radio World. Welcome to another episode, episode five of Logos. I hope you guys had a fantastic 4th of July weekend. I hope you were able to go ahead and enjoy your family, eat great food, and appreciate this great country, the freedom that we have. Before we get started with this week, I want to invite you guys to check out the Who's Your Daddy podcast network. It's a network with multiple podcasts produced by History with God Ministries. All the podcasts are free and are available on the Who's Your Daddy app. Each show posts on, the, on different days. There are podcasts here every day of the week covering many different Christian subjects and themes. I can attest that a lot of the podcasters are good friends of mine, and they give a fantastic point of view of the Word of God. Please definitely check them out. Just go to historywithgod.org and click on Podcast Network and enjoy your walk with God every day of the week. So this week, I want to go ahead and talk about the Book of Ephesians. So what is the uh, Book of Ephesians? Well, church fights, church splits, denominational struggles, and worship wars, name-calling, and so on, have become an all-too-familiar and unfortunate common part of modern church life. They are the main reason non-Christians think poorly of the church or avoid it altogether. And we, as a community, as a church, have to do better. But that's another subject for another day that we will definitely tackle on Logos. Our ancestors in faith had to deal with the same kind of problems. In the letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he wrote that the church should be characterized in unity. We are united in Christ. Jews, Gentiles, men and women, young and old, and we should demonstrate this harmony in the body of Christ. It should be one of the leading characteristics of God's people. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, Paul wrote, Therefore I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is only one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and one Father of all, who is above all and through all. Paul was clearly sending a message. The word one and unity must be paramount for the Christian. Further, the night before Jesus arrest, was arrested and crucified, he prayed, I am no longer in the world. But there are the world, they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me, so that, that, may, that they may be one as we are one. And that's in John 17, verse 11. Clearly, clearly, if unity was important enough for Jesus to pray before his death, then it must be important enough for us as Christians to live it. I'll say that again. Clearly, if unity was important enough for Jesus to pray before his death, then it must be important enough for us as Christians to live it. Unity is not the same as agreement. We do not have to agree on everything. In fact, it is unrealistic and unnecessary to believe that we should. However, the list of things that we should argue over are, one, the authority of the Bible, 
which means, as it says, as it's stated, the Bible is authority and it must be paramount. It is the word of God and that must be the starting point. If you believe in God, if you believe in Christ, then the authority of the Bible is just that, authority. Two, salvation by grace of God through Christ alone. Okay, Christ is the only one that can give us salvation. And also at the same time, uh, Christ is over through works, meaning there's nothing you can do as a to be saved. It is a uh, a gift from Christ that you are saved. But we're going to go over uh, Christ uh, uh, salvation versus works at another time. Salvation by the grace of God through Christ alone, and a sincere desire to live life of holiness, integrity, and repentance. Love of God and one another above all. These are fundamental truths of the Christian faith and must be preserved at all costs. But when we do disagree on matters that must be addressed and debated, then it is absolutely essential that we agree, disagree with respect and desire to work out our differences while making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 3. Why? The church is a family made up of brothers and sisters in Christ. All of us adopted sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. Like any parent, it grieves the heart of God when his children fight. Let us attempt to live in such a way that it puts a smile on his face instead. That's very, very important right there. I mean, for those of you who are parents, I'm sure that it grieves you and it bothers you when your children fight each other. Whether it's, you know, small things but whether or more serious, I'm sure it bothers you even more. I'm not a parent. I can't really speak on that. It makes sense for me from a common sense point of view. But I'm sure parents have a different perspective than I do on that. But I'm sure God feels the same way about when we as Christians fight each other, you know, argue, debate, all this kind of nonsense. I'm sure it, it uh, really pulls on the heartstrings of, of, our Lord, the God, of our Lord God. I'm sure it really bothers him. He doesn't want to see his children fight, which is why we must be united in the spirit. Now, with that said, uh, we should really go ahead and try to put a smile on, on our God's face, okay? We should please him, you know? That's where works do come into play, where we need to please uh, um, a God, and one of them being not to fight each other, okay? Which brings me to my next point, diversity versus division, all right? It's okay to be diverse, okay? Basic differences of perspective can lead to people to align themselves according to preference, what they prefer, in church life, many people can agree on many aspects of the Christian faith, yet differ in worship style. For example, music styles. I mean, there are some churches that churches that want to do hymns. There's some churches that want to go ahead and use the organ, and some churches want to use the band. I, you know, a band is new for me. My church I started going to every Sunday. They use a band, and I know it's common in evangelism. I know it's common in everyday churches, but um, that's something new to me. You know, a band. I'm talking about piano. Uh, we're talking about drums, bass, guitar, and vocals. And, uh, you know, that that's all, all great as opposed to an organ, you know, like a fan of the opera kind of situation. That's kind of old school. I wonder, are there any churches that still use an organ? That would be pretty funny. Imagine that. Oh, well, another topic, I guess, worth going, you know, checking out. This can lead to different groups, but this can also uh, see, be seen as a tool in God's tool belt. Each one having a different function, but all striving for the same purpose. There is much value to submit to one another's preferences and not always insist on your pre presence. After all, there may be less divergence in the church if we all learn this. So yeah, so 
you know, you don't always have to do things your way and, you know, in, in situations like this, you know, um, you can go ahead and, and, and budge a little bit with little stuff like, you know, you know, what kind of what, what size pew you want to use or, or is there Bibles in the pew or what kind of music or cause whatever little things, ladies and gentlemen, it's the little things. Don't sweat the little the little things. Diversity is OK. It's the vision that can be problematic. The vision takes place when church disagrees with the important biblical belief or practice. Best way to think about this is to think about Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses versus evangelists. I mean, there's clear doctoral distinction there that needs to be addressed, that needs to be debated, and needs to be talked about. If the conflict can't be worked out, sadly, a split may occur. This is how the majority of denominations had their origins, and this is where I'm sure God has an issue with, where these problems arise, and I'm sure... God wants us to be more united than that. These groups followed the example of a German monk named Martin Luther, who believed that key teachings in the Roman Catholic Church violated scripture. And when the church refused to act on Luther's critique, they split off so they could preach and practice according to their understanding of scripture. These kind of disagreements can divide God's people. While the reality of multiple denominations has its pros and cons, one thing is quite certain— Christ prayed that we would be just one as he and the Father are one. And we as Christians must practice the Christian axiom in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and all things love. I'll say that again. In the essentials, we must be united. In the non-essentials, we must have the liberty and freedom to go ahead and to change things up if and when it's necessary to be changed. But in all things, we must go ahead and use love. And come to think of it, that should really be the dividing that should be the uh, dividing force, right? All things in love. That is what we are instructed to do through Christ. All things through love, and even with our disagreements, even with, um, you know, when we talk to people and non-believers, you know, I um I have been researching personally the Christian apologetics, and a lot of videos I'm seeing is debates against either people who do not believe in the Christian faith, non-believers, atheists, etc. And one thing I'm noticing is you can debate properly. You can debate with love. You can say to somebody, I say this with love, and I mean no disrespect, but I disagree with you, and here's why. And I think the best part about that is if you handle these things with love, you're going to have, at least for the most part, I mean, not all the time, because, I mean, you know, nothing is always set in stone. But for the most part, you should be able to have these disagreements in a manner that is non-violent, violent, non-volatile, etc. And I think, you know, and when you see these videos, you see what I mean. Because people, when they are not, when they are engaged intellectually, but they're not engaged physically, they kind of let their guard down. And at the very least, you have a decent exchange. And that's what we're talking about. And we can even talk about that for an- at another time, you know, how to, you know, disarm rightly to engage rightly you know and that's very important you know in all forms of debate so moving on frank turek is one of the leading christian apologists has a saying don't major in the minors what does that mean it means don't sweat the sweat the small stuff if your church is christ-centered and it follows the christ of, of the gospel then you're on the step in the right direction so yeah, like I just said, uh, don't don't major in the minors. Don't sweat the small stuff. You um, 
it's okay to have minor disagreements. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, my one of my pastors says that one of his uh, one of his best friends is a uh, is a, a Roman. Uh, I'm sorry, a Catholic priest. And they, I'm sure they've had many, many uh, work uh, discussions about God. And he says to him, he says uh, to the uh, Catholic priest, uh, "Is your religion Christ-centered?" And the uh, response was, "Yes, it is." And he said that was good enough for me. So that's a very, very, um, you know, a very, very important point. I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you with uh, to go ahead and you know, if you're going to debate, do it proper, do it good. Do it through love and through grace. And if it's going to be minor differences, I want you to make sure that the minor differences don't become big differences. And the minor differences really aren't that big of a deal. But when you are going to engage, be authoritative. If if you are engaging with somebody that does not have Christ as the center of, of, what, the, of what we're trying to accomplish, then you must engage them, but you must do it with grace and with love. Okay? Try to drop the seed. Remember, when you debate, okay, remember that you want to disarm the person, but you don't want to disarm them to defeat them. You want to disarm them so you can go ahead and open up and plant a seed. Okay, that's the idea, folks. Plant the seed. Okay, it's better to have somebody walk away and say, you know what? It wasn't, uh, I can't disagree with with what that guy said, or you know what? That's not a bad idea. Plant the seed. It's up to them to let it grow. Okay, but keep that in mind on your walks with life. All right, but we'll get more into that, you know, uh, next week for sure. Thank you so much for listening uh, to Logos this week. You know, I've got a lot of great things coming towards you. I'm excited. I really just can't even wait. You guys have to wait, but I can't wait either. But just stay tuned. It's coming to you. Have a blessed day. Have a great rest of the week. I will catch you guys next week. Spartan out. You've been listening to the Logos podcast with Andy Anastasopoulos. Visit us online at logospodcast.com and leave a message for Andy to be included in upcoming episodes. The Logos Podcast is part of the Who's Your Daddy Podcast Network and is produced by A History with God Ministries, a historywithgod.org.